Making a pivot in business can be extreme or it can be very natural. Hear how Christine pivoted her mom blog to provide services that her advertisers didn't know they needed until she naturally connected them to her digital marketing service offerings. And then faced with an opportunity to change a competitive environment, Christine shares why she evolved her service offerings again to CMO for higher services. Plus, if you've ever thought about bringing your significant other into your team, Christine and I have a conversation about her decision to bring her husband into the business, what happened, and why it ultimately didn't work. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. Hey, Christine, it's so good to have you here. We've known each other for a while, and I'm excited to get an inside peek at how you've evolved your service offerings. You've had this journey from having a go-to mom blog here in Vancouver, Canada, to owning a digital marketing agency and pivoted to an agency that offers chief marketing officer for hire services. I think your journey shows what it's like to make informed iterations to grow a business that you love. So before we dive in, tell us about your business, what you do, and who's on your team. Oh, that's a tall order. So I'm Christine Pilkington. My company is Crisp Media. We've been in operation for actually, I think, 11 years now, and we've been pivoting quite a bit uh, over the past 10 years. So today, I mean, as you said it, what we do offer is chief marketing services, chief marketing officer services for hire on a fractional basis. Our target are companies who are in growth mode, who are looking to add marketing services at a senior level to their team, but aren't ready to hire the whole enchilada with a marketing team. So they want to bring on that senior insight, senior consult, um, and help them either just primarily get them to the next level or coach their team, whoever that might be on their team, in order to get them to that level. 11 years is a, a good time. It's a very good time. So can you share more about your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I... I was fortunate enough to be working at a fairly senior level for a very large media company in Canada. I had the uh, pleasure of overseeing a fairly large team, 30-person team spanning all over the world uh, with a fairly large budget to do enterprise-level installations of digital projects and whatnot. And I was just not really excited by all that. And uh, it was one of those things where it was really a, a time where I should have been excited about it because, you know, you work so hard to get to these certain checkpoints in your career. But I was spending a lot of time at the office and not enough time with my family. 
I also had people on my team who were independent contractors, freelancers, and I just wanted more of that type of lifestyle. It also happened at a time when, uh, and this is maybe dating myself, when um, mobile was just emerging, WordPress as a platform was just emerging, social media was emerging. And while uh, my husband and I had had a business prior it seemed like a good time to launch a business. It seemed a lot easier to launch a business with all of those tools at our disposal. So I ended up leaving that job in Toronto, moving back home to be closer to my family here in Vancouver. And at the time, and it probably is still true today, BC is really a place where there isn't a lot of head offices here. So therefore, there's not a lot of those mid to senior level corporate jobs available for that kind of transition. And we have, I think it's 80% of our businesses in uh, BC happen to be small businesses. So it made a lot of sense to go and do that. So I had, I just wanted to be closer to my kids and spend way more time with my kids. And at the time moving here and having left that media company, there was a real gap for a media property that catered to moms in Vancouver on what to do with kids in Vancouver. And I thought, hey, heck, I can just get a URL. I can launch a WordPress website myself. And within a week, I had made uh, VancouverMom.ca on the couch of my sister's house where we had just been transplanted to while we were waiting for our own home. At the same time, that business was going and it was really quite straightforward for me to to start a consulting business. So I started doing digital marketing consulting right from the get-go. I landed a a gig very quickly for a very large Vancouver-based e-commerce company where I started up their social media department. And I just went from there. I want to just go back a little bit, back to the days when you started VancouverMom.ca. It sounds like when you started VancouverMom.ca that you had every intention to offer services along with starting that blog. Were you clear when you started VancouverMom that you were going to be offering digital marketing services or was that something that came along after you had the blog for a while? Well, in all honesty, I had started VancouverMom.ca because I wanted it to be a a self-running business in a way. I had started it in a to truly start a real media company. It wasn't that I was in it to be an influencer or a blogger or something like that. I just left the biggest one of the biggest media companies. So I knew how to run and what the revenue streams were and how they productized their services in a way that I could adapt for a small media publication. My background also is in publishing. I graduated with that degree from university. Um, but that being said, the services side was actually a survival thing in the beginning. It was because I couldn't pay the bills unless I had done that, right? And even though I had managed to get advertising right from the get-go on VancouverMom.ca, paid advertising, it still wasn't enough to hold up my end of the bargain and my family to be able to you know, make everything financially work. So that happened. But I had a really... That, I mean, fast forward for two years, I was doing that, both of those things simultaneously. I had a baby at the same time, by the way. So all of that was happening. And then someone just said to me, listen, you seem to be wanting to be very successful in this VancouverMom.ca thing. You should focus on that. What do you think? And then I just ended up pouring myself into that and really putting the marketing part on the back burner. Fast forward a little bit later where Because of just who I am, I'm a consultant. I love 
collaborating with people. I love um, improving people's businesses and offering up my knowledge to people and sharing that into the world. It just became one of those things where I had advertisers asking me, well, why don't you, are, am I able to hire you to do this? Can you help us with this marketing plan? We really need to get this, our digital marketing strategy off the ground. And it just went from there. So they hired me to do that. So I, I got out and then they pulled me back in. That's just the short answer. And so, no, it wasn't entirely planned, but I think it was sometimes when you have a natural thing that is just out there, you're just pulled towards that direction. Can you tell us a bit more about the service offerings that went along with VancouverMom.ca? Yeah. So initially, like all media properties, we offered a lot of advertising products and services and and even those things we productized. And then it, then it started to be uh, because of just some of the activities we were doing around at the time, they were blogger programs, but now they're influencer programs. We started offering up or recognizing that our advertisers wanted access to this network of influencers, which we had cultivated over now 11 years. We've cultivated our connections with these influencers. So we just started offering influencer consulting services. That was a very easy thing for us to do where we were designing ambassador programs, brand experience programs, you know, tourism programs, things like this, where people could experience our clients' brands. And then from there, because we had already been doing that as a consulting basis, we started offering up more, more of social media, more, actually just to backtrack on that, we offered up a package that was grounded in VancouverMom.ca's advertising services but actually had more expansiveness around advertiser marketing planning. So what I mean by that is people would sign up and instead of booking an ad hoc advertising program with us, they would book in for an entire year. And because we had that, we positioned it as we can give you more insight and consult and strategy around this package. And it became more of us being at the table with these folks talking about their marketing and bolting in our services within their marketing, if that makes sense. I love it. People were coming to you for a very specific service, which was they thought they were buying advertising from you, but what you sold them were these all-inclusive packages that helped them figure out how they were going to get the most out of their marketing dollars. That's exactly what happened. It was just a natural pivot to go towards offering more strategy around marketing services. The other thing that then happened was, you know, we were just doing that as part of our business. And then I had early on identified that millennial moms were an emerging market. And all of a sudden, a lot of people wanted to reach millennial moms. <laughs> it was a thing, you know? And because we were very clear on who that was, you know, millennials had always been a very um, clear target for us. And so an opportunity came along where all of a sudden it was going, uh, you know, they wanted to reach millennials, not moms, but millennials. They wanted to pull together content marketing, which is what we essentially did at Vancouver Mom. And they wanted to launch this uh, for a national tourism campaign on a very big basis. So I would say from a Chris Media perspective, working then on that campaign, which had nothing to do with moms, nothing to do with Vancouver moms, nothing to do with any of that stuff. It just, that was a major shift in the business was just moving towards uh, or rather landing that client and 
And sometimes that's all it takes is one client to push you over to another, another area in your business. I think there are two directions we can go when we add service offerings to an agency. We can outsource right away or we can attempt to figure it out ourselves. When it came to FB ads, I know you took the route of figuring it out yourself and you invested a lot of effort into doing that. It was right around the time we met because we were talking about what you were doing to learn the services. If you were to look back in time, what would you do the same and what would you do differently? Well, I, I really wanted to learn how to do Facebook marketing because I had just come off a project where I could see a lot of opportunity in offering that service. And it was still fairly new. Now it's a bit commonplace to to have that kind of ability, but it was still fairly niche at that time. And I ended up um, taking an online course on how to figure it out. That, that taught me how to do that. And if I were to do all of that all over again, I would definitely take the course again. I wouldn't probably, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty, So I wouldn't necessarily do it in the way I implemented all of my learnings. But you know, I think COVID this past year has taught us a lot around what the future is maybe going to look like, or maybe not look like. And one of the things having thought about my kids and what is going to make them successful in the world. And one of the things is being very adaptable and learning and learning things quickly. Right. And I think that's something that I've always prided myself in is to be able to learn and learn and do and do things, learn things very quickly and implement them for my clients. And I think because I have that deeper knowledge on it, uh, I'm able to provide better quality consultation to my clients as a result. I still, though, prefer it when other people do it. <laughs> right? I think that you're, you're right. It gives you an advantage when you know the ins and outs. You may not want to be the person implementing it, but you have insight, which allows you to speak more deeply into it when your clients are asking the questions. Before we get back to the episode, I want to invite you to the free Strategic Connections Roundtable, where creatives, consultants, and service-based business owners can meet new business connections without the awkwardness of traditional networking. It's a curated experience where the group fit is curated so that connections and conversations thrive. That means that every month, a Strategic Connections Roundtable will bring together a group of service-based business owners in similar stages of business who can benefit from knowing each other so that you can make connections easier, share what your business offers, discover new resources, and have an opportunity to mastermind a challenge. Save your free seat at audreyjoyquan.com forward slash strategic dash connections dash roundtable. Above all, I care about genuine connections and authentic relationships in business. If that's you, check out the roundtable and curated networking experience today. You can get all the details and onto the free invite list over at audreyjoyquan.com forward slash strategic dash connections dash roundtable or click on the link in the show notes right there in your podcast app. Back to the show. A few years ago, when you were growing your business, you brought in your husband to be part of the business. Can you share more about that? What worked? And in some cases, what didn't work? Yeah, that's a lot to talk about. So this was actually our second business together. A few years ago, he had started a retail slash you know, sports business. And I had been along for that ride uh, in the capacity as a marketing manager. And it's funny because we knew then that maybe that wasn't the best decision on how we would should come together. 
And this time having now, I guess at this point, 10 years behind us in of experience in marriage together. And also because we thought we'd change the way our dynamic was going to work, our actual positions within how we were going to operate within the company were going to be different. So we thought it would be perhaps a different experience. And so for us, and I know this works for a lot of people, but for us in hindsight, it probably was not the best decision for us simply because it's really one hard to dissociate when is work over and when is marriage starting, you know, when is that going to happen? So, you know, at 930 at night, do you really want to be talking about the business? <laughs> right? So that part is hard. But then it also has it speaks to your relationship, it can put be very taxing on a relationship. And I'm saying this, as someone who's been with my husband now for 21 years, I've actually been with him for 31 years, but 21 years married. So, you know, we have a very deep relationship and know each other very, very deeply and intimately, obviously. So it, even for us, it was so challenging to be able to have those conversations. I mean, even just think about some things as commonplace in a business, like say a performance evaluation, where you're about to tell somebody something where you want them to improve in maybe their performance. That's a very hard conversation in a regular way where you don't have the added complexity of being married to that person, right? So if you're, it's great when it's great, but I think when it's not great, it can be a very difficult thing. And so what ended up happening in the end was, I think we just called it after like six or seven months of that, we just called it and was we're saying, you know, I think it's time for us. We didn't even really get to this point where we were able to address the actual specifics, but we were like, I think, I think it's time, time to call this and then just moved on from there. But I mean, that's what I would say about working with your husband or wife or partner. You've just got to be clear with what expectations are and um, yeah, and just really try to get to a place where being honest without being brutal, you're able to dance that um, appropriately in your professional relationship. I think some women entrepreneurs really dream about bringing their significant other into the business. And I've spoken to people where it's worked really, really well. And I've always been curious of uh, the story behind why it works well. I know from a personal perspective that that's not my dream. My dream is not to bring my husband into the business just because we have such different working styles. And I know that uh, we would probably end up strangling each other <laughs> if we were to work <laughs> together. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you share that, and I thank you just for being so transparent about how, what happened when you brought your husband into the business. So let's flash back to the present now. So in the present, Chris Media now offers Chief Marketing Officer for Higher Services. Another way that I think we can put it is marketing leadership for higher services. So how does it all work? How does it all work? Well. First off, I make a really clear distinction with my clients that I'm not, I really don't think of myself as an agency, right? And when you hire a fractional um, CMO or a fractional director of marketing onto your team, at least in our case, we see ourselves on the same side as the table as you, right? We are integrated with your team. The difference is, is that when you hire Chris Media, you get consistency of service. Um, there is a repeatable plan on how we implement things. We have a clear approach on what, how we do things, but also there's a consistency of that offer so that 
um, if you need to talk to somebody about things getting better, there's there's a way to do that, right? It's not this revolving door where you're just hiring somebody and you don't really know what you're going to get from that. So what we offer is um, CMO services where I will provide you with 10 hours of 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever you need per week. Um, we bring in as needed uh, other professionals, whether that be a writer or a web developer or a Google Analytics specialist or a Facebook marketer as we need it. If you have somebody that you like to work with, we can work with that person because a lot of teams, when we're entering a lot of teams, we're doing so when there's already a team of some sort in place. Uh, and it really is, I think the biggest thing that we offer the clients that we work with is peace of mind that they, as the CEO of the company or president of the company or the senior leader of the company can faithfully hand off that, those marketing tasks to someone who actually knows what to do with them. You mentioned that you don't see yourself as an agency. And I think that comes down to how we define agencies. So can you give us an idea of what you define as an agency and how you would say that you don't you don't see yourself as aligning with that definition? So one of my first jobs out of school, actually, it wasn't my first job out of school, but early on in my career, I, I started working in an agency. So I'm very intimately aware with how agencies work, having been in them for 15 years prior to starting my business. And so in my mind, there is a, very much the relationship with a client and an agency is very much client and vendor. And I always believe that relationships or rather working relationships work best when there's, there's as much trust and transparency as possible. And it's very difficult to get to that point with an agency. You know, like an agency is always trying to, or a vendor rather, is always trying to please the client, is always trying to frame up deliverables in a way so that they're appetizing to a client. And it's different. It's just a slightly nuanced difference between that and a manager and a employee. It's a different, it's a different dynamic, a different trust level, I think. And by saying that I'm on the same side of, of the table, it, it's very clear that I'm on your side. And I want to actually know those secrets. Like I want to know your company's secrets, what your plans are. And sometimes when you have an agency in the mix, you're not necessarily giving that person the whole picture and because of that trust and transparency wall that I was just talking about. Yeah, I had this conversation in another podcast episode with a, another agency owner. And it's interesting because I, I think it was a conversation about this definition of agency and how it's really beginning to shift right now. I think the old school way of looking at agency is that there's a separation of relationship where the person the or the, I should say, the agency owner or the vendor wants to package up what they're delivering in an appetizing way. And I think there's this new way of doing things where agency owners are approaching their relationships in a more authentic manner. And in some cases, and this is a comment that I had from the interview uh, with this other agency owner, is that he finds value in showing the client where they have failed. And from showing where they have failed, they're able to have better conversations about how to succeed. I think there's definitely a changing tide for this definition of agencies out there. And I'm excited that you hit on the topic of this old school way of thinking of agency and then seeing you also thinking of a new way of what your services look like and not really relating to that word right now. Yeah, I think it's a, another word that is happening a lot in marketing is this idea of being integrated. Yes. Right. And it's, you know, it's, 
it's integrated in that, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday about how in marketing, it isn't just, it used to be old school where, you know, you had somebody doing PR and communications, right? Someone doing uh, media buys, you know, the different silos of all of these different marketing practices. But now, you know, one of the emergent um, practices within marketing, for example, is marketing tech operations, where you have to actually understand how to do Zapier connections and be able to attach like active campaign with, you know, that and this and that and this. So that, and then you've got somebody that you still have to wear a hat around sales demand, like lead demand generation. And how do you do that? So you have to be able to understand how the sales team is functioning and how marketing interplays with that and integrates with that. I think to be successful as a marketer, you have to be as integrated as possible. You have to understand what is your client's objectives and um, what are they looking for? And the more transparent you can get and more access to that information you can get, the better able you are to deliver a solution that actually will work for that particular client. Christine, can you tell us what did you see missing in the marketplace that led you to create these services? A lot of clients that I come across, they either don't know that they can hire somebody in this capacity to help them on a strategy level, and they might not want to hire a full marketing director or a full marketing manager because they can't afford it. Um, or maybe it's not even the time to hire a full-time person. And they just need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of guidance to help them through. So our marketing coaching services are for those clients that are just, they have perhaps somebody on the team that can carry that mantle for them, but they just need a sounding board or they need to be validated in where they want to go or that just given the right information of what to do next and, and package it in a way. So that's what our marketing coaching is for. So on a bigger level though, there I have clients that are wanting more than that. They want more than just the coaching. So they need guidance. I have one client, for example, that they had grants to bring on lots of interns. They have three interns that they have, but she's the CEO and she actually, A, doesn't have the time to manage those interns and B, doesn't even know what to tell those interns in order to get them successful. So for six months, they had been like little hamster wheel trying to get things done, but not knowing what to do. And so they brought me on to guide them. And I don't know necessarily if an agency would do that, you see. Like, I don't know if who on a typical agency would come in and join that team and be able to manage three interns and run that department in that way. So it is like a parachuting of um, our services into there to be able to guide a marketing team. I love this word parachuting. It provides a visual contrast between your definition of CMO services and marketing agency services. It sounds like with fractional CMO services, you parachute into a business to lead an already established marketing team. In contrast, an agency brings her own team and is an extension. Yeah. And I think also my my kind of happy place having been working on many, many different uh, digital projects and products is a really about making, like that's a really strong part of my identity is making things and implementing things. And I think a lot of clients see the value. And I think this is something that was also missing in the marketplace where um, there was this need to be able to A, create the strategy, B, plan out how to implement the strategy, and then C, actually implement the strategy. And I actually have that perspective and experience to be able to provide all three of those things 
to my clients. I think maybe that concept of just parachuting in and being able to get stuff done really quickly and being a translate point as well from junior people to senior people, from senior people to junior people, that I think is another key point of what we offer up. So speaking of leadership, can you share an example of an experience that has helped you become a better leader? Being a parent actually has made me a way better leader. And being able to apply that, I'm not saying, I don't mean to say that in a way that is at all, you know, demeaning to people that I manage, right? Because I'm not, uh, I don't come about it, or at least I try not to in a, you know, maternal way. I'm nobody's mother when I'm coming to manage them. But I just mean in terms of, I very much see my my role as a parent as guiding and um, supplying a vision, guiding them and preparing them. But ultimately, my kids are not, I'm not with my kids 24-7 a day where they're, they need to be able to make their own decisions and do their own, take their own actions. And that's true for not just now, but into their life. And so my approach to leadership has always been, you know, hire the right people but then also let them do their magic in the way that they're supposed to do it by still providing guidance. You have to still know the right level of guidance to give them, but letting them to be able to stretch and do the the things that they, you know, provide their own perspective in the way that they need to in order to be successful. Before we wrap up here, tell us what keeps you inspired and at your best. Well, for me, a day where I am not exercising is not a good day. <laughs> like if I, people talk about self-care and I know everyone I know knows about self-care, how important it is. But honestly, if I'm not actually fit in some way, whether that's going for a run or doing some kind of exercise, then, um, and having just overall good habits just for k- taking care of myself, that is what's keeping me inspired. Honestly, it's just, Uh, And I'm also not in it for this today. I'm in it for the long haul, right? So keeping that vision alive and clear. Great. And where can listeners find you online? You can find us at crispmedia.ca, C-R-I-S-P media.ca. Thank you, Christine. I loved having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging me at Audrey Joy Kwan.